Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 162 of your podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my three co-op hosts. It's Jonathan. Oh, can you smell it in the air, boys and girls, and everyone in the world? Can you smell the nasty gamer sweat ready to grumble? It's that special time of the year. My name's Colt, and I'm a mega gamer. I'm Wenzel. Okay. And uh, today, we're, we're kicking <laughs> off our month full of video game content. Uh, as, as for usual, our Junes are usually pretty full of, like, E3 announcements and game game exploration and just, like, all this big excitement about all the coming video games in this year. But wait. Although there is a bit of a twist this year. <laughs> we don't have an E3. We don't have so an E3. it's a bit of an E3. We don't have an E3. No E3. But E3's here still in spirit. Even though we may not have the uh, physical auditorium to see all these big games and events take place in, we're still getting a bunch of s- smaller events uh, during the month and spread throughout the summer. And that's basically what's going to take place of our traditional E3 coverage this month. Uh, each week, we will be breaking down all the, the week's sort of announcements and reviews and the revelations and sort of just like compiling all of that with, uh, within each episode this month. And sort of what we'll be doing today is just sort of doing our general speculation about what we expect to see this month, what we're looking forward to, and like what's sort of on the docket for terms of of these smaller video game conferences that will be held online this year due to the pandemic. But also we'll be giving a little bit of thought to where does E3 go from here? Is it E3 just taking a break or is that is E3 soon will be a thing of the past? And that's sort of, I think, where we'll probably be starting a little bit of our discussion today is, um, so So, what do y'all think? What are y'all feeling? Is like, is E3 just sort of temporary displaced or is this sort of beginning of the end and sort of ushering in a new concept of what we expect to be video game conferences? Uh, well, for me, this is just from my hope. Uh, I hope it's temporary because that would suck shit if, uh, if it was just gone forever, like, well, like, that's, like, one... E3 is, like, one of the biggest conferences ever, and, like, if it's gone, then what happens to all of the other conferences throughout the years? Like, are they just gonna stop doing that, too? Like, that'd be... I mean, I don't even go to them, because I can't, but I like to watch and learn about stuff from them, so that would kind of suck if they all just were kind of gone. Uh, my... F- thing with it is e3 is a special time of the year it's i said it in person e3 is gamer christmas it really is because it's where all these gamers get ready for this beautiful event where all these companies game developers get together they announce games and consoles of whatever it is in the gaming world and they just get i just get so excited for this time of the year because it's honestly my favorite time of the year. Because uh, I get to see if my predictions are correct. I get to see if like my hopes are real. Or if there's just dashed against a rock. <laughs> but I hope E3 comes back. But with the way it's been acting like recent years. But that could be because this generation is like on the downturn. And they're starting the next gen. 
I'm thinking E3 could either... It's a 50-50 chance at this point. It could go away. It could continue to come on. But with uh, the way... With COVID-19 this year, it did not help E3 at all. It really didn't. It didn't help anything, anyone in any situations. But it, it definitely hurt E3 a lot. And probably in future in the long run. I don't know. Uh, we'll, but I mean, we'll have to see. like, even then though, like... You know, um, does that like? Should, I mean, if that happened, like, because that if since since this has happened, this has hurt like a ton of like you know public gathering events and stuff. This just is this just it? Like, does that mean like every like besides E three and I know we're you know talking about video games like, but should like every other kind of like convention or like you know. Uh, such a big event conferences should they just stop like i like like you said it's probably 50 50 chance but like i i just like i am just so like bright-eyed that like i cannot imagine e3 just being just done away with but it could happen but i like to be optimistic and say that no it won't we'll, we'll pull back we'll come out of this and we'll be better than ever and uh and since we're getting to the next gen, we'll just, you know. Let's hope it resurges uh, with E3. Maybe E3, hopefully by then, will have maybe COVID-19 under control. Maybe. Hopefully we can have events. Uh, not just E3, just any kind of event. I'd love to have E3 back next year, stronger than ever. Just showing off PS5, Xbox, X, games... I just want to see the future of gaming continuing that spirit, that little holiday. There's three days or four days. It's such a nice thing just to have it. I don't like the new format. Even though it's not really started yet. It started beginning of the month, which is May. They got the Summer of Games, thanks to uh, Jeff Keighley. And they're going to be announcing games or game news uh, weekly. And so far, it's been really slow, but that could be just because, like, uh, Sony hasn't announced anything just yet. It could ramp up in the coming weeks due to, like, Sony's event next week. But as of right now, I do not care for this layout because it just, it's so slow and it kills my hype. I am not as excited for it because with past E3s, I just get together with my friends We'd all get together, which is everyone here, pretty much, and Tanner and Cody. We'd watch it, and we'd have a whole banter weekend out of it. Well, God, I, yeah. Well, I'm here to be the Debbie Downer, <laughs> and uh, I think this is probably going to be the end of E3, personally. Uh, a lot of that is, is going to be dependent on how these each of these individual conferences perform and whether or not the uh, the execs of these companies think it's more viable to just do like a digital only presentation. Uh, and, and I mean, we really won't know until about the end of the month when, you know, a lot of these uh, announcements are going to happen. Uh, as far as sort of my feeling on it, like I, I what I'm going to miss like the time, like we spend together uh, watching E3 and watching all the conferences and stuff. Um, but like, I it, it's hard to say because 
as far as like public conferences in general, though, most of them are going to be fine. But uh, from what I've I've heard and read, that you know, E three as a conference itself has kind of been on the decline in the last few years, and, and a lot of companies are kind of looking to do the Nintendo Direct type model. So it's, I, I think probably COVID just put a the stake in the heart of this conference. But yeah. um, as far as sort of my judgment on it, it I honestly just have to wait and see how the month pl- pans out. Uh, in the future, I would like, you know, just sort of as like a selfish reason, you know, all the companies kind of schedule all their announcements, you know, like the same weekend or so, where like it may not be, specifically an E3 conference, you know, but it will be that in spirit as all these announcements are happening all at once. Yeah. However, that's one thing that like, I really, really will miss is just the fact that you had wake up conferences starts at 11. You got EA after that, Microsoft's going to do a two hour conference. And then after that, uh, Ubisoft. And then after that, later that night, five hours later, you have enough time to go out and eat dinner, whatnot. Uh, you got the Sony conference. It's just the back-to-back uh, way they had it set up was just... It was so exciting and just... Uh, it's all gone now. You, yeah. da- speaking of dashing against rock, they fucking put E3 in a sock and they smashed it on a rock. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, but as far as whether they will do that, I honestly... like I hate to be fucking pessimistic and cynical, but... At least from a business perspective, them doing all these conferences in one weekend, I could see them thinking that's a bad idea business-wise. So where when they do the conference, you know, they want the entire conversation to be solely about their conference instead of this conglomerate of conferences as a whole. Boomer! That's sort of what I was thinking is... uh, I'm not saying this is like a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying this is probably what they're thinking about. Nah, that's, when boom, that is, no, that's boomer talk. Boomer talk. I want to do my Fortnite dance. <laughs> yeah, flossing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so God sad. God. You know, I'm not convinced that Winslow can do the floss. Oh, no. I'm not convinced any of us None can of do us the can. floss. I know how to do the floss. Can I do it? No. I was going to say, like, yeah. he's, he's too principled to do it. No, I just physically can't do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, side changes. I think people are overreacting to the flossing. It's just a dance. I, I agree. <laughs> well, no shit. It's all, Fortnite. Overreacting just Fortnite. It's a game. A kid's game where they're doing funny dances. Just let them live. Funny. Yeah, just let people have fun. Stop being fucking boomers, people. Besides, everybody knows Fortnite is, is, is the new platform for movie trailer distribution. Because that's how Christopher Nolan put... His new tenant trailer out. It's the metaverse, and, and apparently, it's how they drop relevant plot details for fucking movies. But yeah, because Fortnite is Star Wars canon. It, I just it, wonder it where Luke is in Fortnite. That's the Easter egg we got. We can't find. keep digging up this dead horse of the Rise of Skywalker. We gotta let it be. No, I will not let it live down. That movie was fucking garbage. Metaverse. Something, something, raid, something, something leads to suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Ray kisses Kylo. I'm still pissed. Yeah. What do you think, Pat? Yeah. 
over uh, there, Mr. Mega Gamer, uh, like all of us. Yeah, not everybody gamers. knows. Patrick's uh, the Mega that Gamer. is the number one gamer, uh, best Fortnite player in the team. Uh, everybody cows to uh, my prowess. No, um, to me, it's just it's the biggest thing I'll miss this year is just the physical like interaction and like being with the gang, watching all the conferences and just like seeing their reacting live together and speculating. Because I remember like one of my favorite memories from last year is like we're watching. Everybody react to like Halo and watching all these indie games and being like, "Oh, this is beautiful. This is gorgeous." And he's like getting emotional over like a, a, sh- a short trailer and, like, and we Keanu. All, we all like flipped our lids over Keanu showing up at the end <laughs> at the Cyberpunk trailer. So th- that to me is just the biggest thing. Is like just uh, the camaraderie, being there to see it all in one place. But to Jonathan's point, I do think because there's no longer a central hub for these places that individual companies will sort of probably delight more in having their own individual like place and time to show their hardware and games and their content and not have to share a stage with other companies. But I feel like since there is a lot of built in tradition with it, it's just sort of, I think it's maybe just taking a, a back seat for the time being. I do think I personally, I do think it will come back whether it will resemble the same conference we always known, that's to be seen. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just feel like if it's going to come back, it's probably not going to be like a, a physical gathering. Yeah. Whereas uh, it would probably just be like where they, like all these companies will release their trailers and presentations for the shareholders. Ah, but that, yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with that, as long as it was, like, set up in, like, a four-day thing. It's, like, same E3 format, but it's all digital shows, and it's not, like, a physical event where you have everybody get together at that huge uh, venue in uh, L.A. Yeah, and, and like y'all were saying, like, the, the big thing I'm going to miss is not necessarily E3, it's more, like, us getting together for E3. Yeah. But... Uh, and, and a lot of this is also too is up in the air. No one knows what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, like not just with E three and or not not just with E three these conferences, but just with a lot of a lot of things going on in the world right now. Everything's kind of in limbo, so yeah, it's hard to make any sort of definitive judgment one way or things, the other. Every, everything is kind of in limbo and hell. <laughs> mostly yeah. hell, but so it's like the, the ground's being paved right in front of us as they're doing it. So. Mm-hmm. It's literally just have to see how the month unfolds because uh, there's there there are a ton of different shows and conferences online this this month and which we'll we'll get into a lot of them here shortly and so like it's it's just it's it's all completely underground everybody's figuring this out at the same exact time yeah like where's everybody's having to lay down the tracks as the train is coming so so it, to, 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 to in one way it is sort of like disappointing that we don't have the E3 as a concept as we know it, but at the same time, for me, it feels exciting to, like, we're getting something new, something completely different from what we've had so far. And I know that may not to be everyone's uh, sort of taste, but at least for me, you know, like, it, it, there's something completely unexpected. We don't know what's about to happen, and that, to me, is a little, you know, exciting. Yeah, and, and it also, um, and, and, like, I hate to be a fucking cynical asshole, but... Uh, as far as like the E3 conferences over the past couple years, them like the actual individual conferences that 
there are definitely like highlights, like like we mentioned with Cyberpunk and Keanu and things like that. But uh, a lot of times it's just kind of either just flat, just telling information, or just like cringy skits no one cares about. You know, that's one part about E3 that well, I yeah, love. I, was gonna say, I, I love the love presentation. <laughs> like wait, Ubisoft, it is cringy, yes, but personally. I love the cringe comedy part of it. Like, it's terrible experience. I hate it. But at the same time, I love it. I love to see, uh, uh, fuck, uh, Just Dance people coming out there backflipping, doing cool stuff down the aisles, and everyone <laughs> in the audience is on their phone. They're like, where the fuck am I? What is this? Every year! Yeah. And they're just, or they're trying it's so, so hard fun! To the audience and just, it's just nothing. Yeah, and I think with with the the new formats that are being compiled now with uh covid i think i think it'll it it'll either cause companies to get complacent or cause them to get you know new ideas and try to see how they can revamp these sort of presentations to where it's you know not just these cringy skits and stuff but or just like bland presentations for Ultimately, the shareholders is who this is for. Well, but yeah. like y- you know, uh, I was gonna say like, um, I honestly I can't think of uh, well I could, but I'll, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of uh, cool indie titles been announced over the years, and like some games that are in development hell, or we just don't know much about. Which we'll talk about those later because I do want to talk about some. But, like, I, I will say one thing I will not miss, and it, it just bones me out every time I see it, too, is when I see, like, these awesome presentations. I mean, really, like, truly awesome presentations, and the crowd is just dead. Like, like yeah. Jesus Christ, like, get excited or something. Like, come on, man. Like, you guys. Because well, uh, what, what game was it that, that uh, the trailer came out and literally one of the lines in the trailer was, please be excited? <laughs> I have no idea. God. It, it was for like it's for like a Japanese like RPG type, um, goddamn I can't I can't remember but I think it was made by the guy that has the Moonhead. He's the developer with the Moonhead. Yoko Taro. I think it was him. Or it might have oh, been some... if if he announced a game, I would have gone berserk, and everyone in the or people in the cool the know would go berserk. It's the Yoko Taro, uh, the creator of Nier. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It, it's just it always uh, like I don't know. It, like gamers like gamers suck um yeah game i will even though i play games it's my main form of entertainment i fucking hate gamers they suck so much ass but i am a gamer i'm a gamer too but also i'm not a piece of shit (laughs) and you're not a piece of shit either and 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 y'all don't make y'all don't wrap your entire identity around that too you know wait we're gamers jonathan I, yeah, Jonathan. That's how I introduce myself. I'm a gamer. I say I am g- gamer Winslow. Jesus, I want to kill my. I want to hit myself right now. <laughs> you know, instead of introducing uh, yourself with your pronouns, you introduce yourself as gamers. Yes, yeah, it's we our title, are gamers. Yeah. yeah, we deserve respect. But there's oh, one thing about E3 not happening, or it's not going to be as popular is that uh with e3 they show off indie games and that is a time where everybody's eyes are on these conferences 
and they they all these eyes can be on these indie games and uh with the way they're spacing it out now not as many eyes are going to be on these events they're not going to just uh wait all week for these conferences uh, yeah i was about to say yeah. the like these indie games are going to be hurt by yeah this. exactly a lot of these indie games yeah. were very much helped by like sony the way they've been doing it in the last few years with uh all their indie game showcases that they have with like peppered throughout triple a indie triple a indie well it was it's, it's just a very nice way to do oh yeah no, like i mean the conference like format in general helped these uh, developers in their games so much but now since they don't have that uh that physical space or outlet now it's gonna yeah it's definitely gonna hurt them uh, which is also which is also why I hate I really don't like this I mean I'm glad we have this format because at least we're getting stuff announced but like yeah. I that's why I hate this because now it's like like companies that were gonna announce stuff and I'm talking about big big companies like Bethesda or Ubisoft or whoever like originally like they probably had who knows what planned but now since it's happened it's like they can just be like, well, maybe we don't have to announce this yet. Maybe we can just wait a little bit later. And it's just like, you know, like, I mean, you know, good for them. They can take their time or whatever. But, like, still, it's like how much stuff is being withheld that would have been announced, but now we don't, we won't know for who knows how long. That's that's what kind of bun- – that's what really kind of gets me about this, uh, about this format and about E3 not happening. I'm glad, you know, that everybody's doing it – taking it safe and, you know – and uh, having that kind of privacy, it's, it's fine. It's just like, man, I just want some juicy information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and to your point, Colt, I can understand how this is going to affect, you know, smaller independent developers. Because, because like you said, they, they're, you, you know, they were sprinkled throughout all these conferences. Now, I could see, you know, say like a lot of these bigger conferences like Microsoft and Sony, uh, I could see them sort of peppering uh, indie titles throughout their conferences maybe, but at the same time, I'm not sure how all that works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sony and Microsoft, they will most likely show off indie titles. It's just that there's not going to be as many eyes on it because like with E3, people take off time from work. They'll have like specific times of work. They're like, hey, I'm going to take off on... June 10th through the 14th, so uh, I'm not going to come to work. There's, like, thousands of people do this shit every single year. And now that there's, like, no designated time for all these events, they're, like, last-second announcements type shit, uh, there's not as many eyes are going to be on these indie games. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more people are probably just going to check the highlights after the fact. I I mean, that's how I've been doing it for, like, the past month. I I hate it. I love to be able to watch these things live. But, like, either I am not awake or I'm at work. Yeah. And I don't know when the the shit's just going to randomly drop. Yeah. That That's exactly. I'm I'm either asleep or I'm doing something. I'm just, like, I'm tapping out, like, because, you know, they we have these accounts that, like, do highlights and stuff. So I just, you know, skim through that. Shout out Nabelle. Nabelle. Nabellion on Twitter. Nabelle and Wario64 legends because i was going to say like because there are so many different individual conferences this year it is hard to keep track of them all just like even making notes for the show's use has been like a very like it's been taking takes a like much more effort than it has in the past because like you said like a lot of these 
well, individual shows, they wouldn't have been combined under the umbrella with like indie or Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, like they all kind of lumped under one bigger program that like you could all watch it once. But unfortunately, there's several different across several different platforms. So it, it's really it takes more on the consumer's part to keep up with all these different events. Oh yeah. And well, speaking of the events, I think it's time to be able to like to get into some of the different shows that are actually uh, coming out this month. And yeah, it's not all sadness. There are several and almost all these will be streaming in some capacity on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and whatever, you know, dedicated website for each of these. And starting off with a very big one coming out within just a few days of this release is the uh, PlayStation 5 reveal. And that will be going up on Thursday, June 4th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Ah, fuck, you're right, Colt. Oh, why am I right? Oh, it was on a Thursday, yeah. We had an argument last night where we couldn't figure out if it was on a Thursday or Friday. I I mean, they kind of, I feel like they dropped the ball. They should have done it on Friday because it's the 5th, PlayStation 5. But uh, with, with this, because there, there was a lot of rumors like up into the last second when it was going to happen, because we had people saying it's going to be the third, the fourth, the fifth, and it's just jumping around. And, it, and there wasn't really a lot of solid information. And from way it, some some of the places we've been reading that even people who are set to present at the PlayStation 5 conference, even they are being kept in the dark just so to, to retain the most amount of information and secrecy to keep stuff from leaking out. Because there's already been some fairly big leaks from upcoming titles this this month already mm-hmm. so i understand and trying to keep it under under wraps to understand this bet but this is like a, a pretty big deal for since it's a new console and for what we know already with the playstation 5 uh reveal it's gonna be like we said it's gonna be thursday june 4th it'll be about an hour in length and sort of basically just going over the hardware specs you know release date and things like that so what do y'all expect to see at the PlayStation 5 reveal. What are what, what do you think will happen? Uh, well, first off, I want to say, like, what do we already know about PlayStation 5? Yeah, go ahead. Which is, like, on one hand, you can do this. All right, we got the logo. It's, you know what, you got it. Uh, you got the controller. Yeah. You got some specs. Uh, we, have, we have... You got some games <laughs> that are going to be backwards compatible. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. There's not much out on the ps5 right now uh that's that's by design too they've been trying to keep it as close to their chest as possible well aren't there isn't there uh, a thing where uh developers or companies have to submit a certification uh for their games that are coming out on playstation 4 so that they're like uh uh what is it on uh forwards compatible with the playstation 5 because there's a there's a a sword that came out that any game Let's see. It said any game that was going to be uh, submitted from July 13th onwards for the PS4, it has to be made compatible with the PlayStation 5. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, just in terms of compatibility, one thing I thought was interesting that we're kind of getting a feel for is that in months leading up to the reveal, we were sort of given this idea like, oh, the PlayStation 5 is going to be compatible with every brand of PlayStation from 1 up to 4. And now it's looking more like Sony may not be interested in like this deep backwards compatibility. Maybe only select PlayStation 4 games. So that's a huge shift in what expectations people have for the console. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember when I first got my PlayStation 4 and, um, you know, I, I started playing with Colt more and jo- joining more uh, 
conversations and stuff about like consoles especially you know with the playstation and sony uh and just seeing stuff like including myself everybody's pissed that there are so many games that you just could like that were not backwards compatible and then you have xbox that was like that just keeps adding and adding and adding to their library of just so many games that you can you can play and it's just like what the fuck are you doing sony and that was like and that's still like a big thing now is like because now from what we understand there's only still going to be select titles from the playstation 4 that are backwards compatible and it's like shit like and it's not going to be anything before playstation 4 and yeah and it's just I worry. I worry a lot. Is that uh, backwards compatibility is not going to be something that they're going to care much about? Still, they're probably just going to do PlayStation Now, which is their streaming service where you can like stream a game, you, like PS3 yeah, games you can rent them. on your console. Yeah. And uh, I've been using it on and off for like the past few years because there'll be PS3 games that I want to play, but I don't feel like plugging in my ps3 it sucks i hate it so much i have pretty good internet i have 100 to 200 down i I can pretty much download anything over 60 gigabytes within like an hour or two and uh these games have so much delay they can have like varied stream quality it's just a rough experience i would very much prefer which has gotten better at you can now download ps4 games from playstation now onto your ps4 but you can't play PS3 games in the best quality, and it's just all around not really a service that's worth it. And I hope, I hope that they can it as soon as the PS5 Please. drops. That's something I remember. That's something me and Colt were talking about uh, forever ago. Was about like just, just, uh, just can it? Like just literally throw it out, <laughs> man. Yeah, and, and just provide something like even if it's not, if you don't can't do like physical backwards compatibility, like. You know, sort of like a digital sort of thing. Because, like, depending on which console you're playing on, you can't... Certain titles, you can only get so many, you know, certain games from past consoles. Yeah. No, I mean, that, yeah, that's literally what we were talking about. Uh, like, this come back full circle. Sorry, Colt. Um, about, like, just, like, just have them available, available digitally. Like, I understand you can't just throw a disc in there all the time. Just, you know, make... Yeah, especially, like, like PlayStation 1 games, you know. Those and discs like, are drastically different from the like discs we have now, so I understand not being able to have physical on those. And, and even like PlayStation Two games, like I mean, they weren't running off like Blu-ray discs like these are like really since PlayStation Three and forward. So like that, I can understand like not having a physical backwards compatibility, but like why not a digital storefront? And, and the thing is, is with that digital storefront, I mean, you're going to have to buy those games again. Yeah, and, like, that'll only get them more money. Yeah, that, like, that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, from a business perspective, I don't... You want them to spend money, so, like, if people have a physical copy, they're not going to, like, want to buy the streaming version or buy the HD remaster when they ever, when that happens to come out. Like, so, like, I can I can get it from a money-making perspective. You want them to spend money on a game they've already had. That's why you wouldn't want to do physical backwards. Yeah, and when I say this, I'm not I'm not speaking from a consumer because, ideally, you know... What you you wouldn't want I wouldn't want to pay for a game I already have again, you know. Especially if it's not going to be any different. Yeah, exactly, and, and and knowing a lot of these companies now, I mean, even the game like PS One games will probably be like what fifteen bucks at least. 
Yeah, but... which is a fair price, I'd say, for like some of these PS1 games. Like, I'd love to play these Drakengard games, but like to get them physically, those fuckers are expensive as hell. A hundred percent. Like, I own... I've had a PlayStation account on... Uh, I've had it when I first got my PS3. I have so many digital games. From 2009 to now, I have so many digital games that I would... I'd love to be able to play my PS3 backlog on my PS5. It's just... I, I really don't want to get my PS3 out and plug it in. It's big, it's bulky, and uh, it's it's kind of nasty. <laughs> nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely have to air dust it. Yeah. Um, and I guess another aspect of, of a streaming service is that they can more directly control that content because the upside and the downside of streaming is that it makes a lot of things readily available when they may not have been easily accessible before. But the, but the downside to that is they can take that away yeah. and then there's just, just no chance of getting that back, Yeah, which and, is another sort of like... And, and that's just sort of the... the the, the the bad thing about everything going to digital anyway is like you're not really paying for the game you're paying for access to the game whereas like with a physical release i mean at once that transaction occurs that game is yours yeah it's your yeah it's your property uh to an extent but there's also the thing with playstation now you own those games for a certain amount of time because there's games on that service that will go off in like a hundred something days like I have it currently because I got a discount on it early yeah. in the year. But I mean, even and, just uh, even just like digital games that you buy, I mean, really, you're you're just paying for the access to the game because like if something were to happen, I mean that you know that game could be gone. Oh well, yeah, but I like yeah. I expect most digital games like that, like buying stuff off the Microsoft Store, PlayStation Store, uh, Nintendo eShop, all that stuff. I expect. You you're fine. You're gonna be fine. Those are big companies. Uh, you're probably gonna have those until uh, all the servers get wiped by a solar flare, something shit like that. Yeah, you'll we'll, be fine we'll, with those. We'll, we'll long be dead by then. Yeah, but like, there's certain services that are uh, games are not dedicated. You will lose those games, and it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the re- also the reliability to an extent of physical. Um, well, and then just talking about streaming in general, like streaming games in general, like y'all, like y'all have been saying, like with PlayStation now, it's not really a stable, you know, service. And, and I just honestly don't think the technology is ju- there just yet for, you know, basically any sort of service to be like the Netflix of video games. I mean, just look at how Stadia went. Like the launch of Stadia was, <laughs> that was a not the greatest. I, yeah, like, like I mean, this is where we get to look at Microsoft because they did a good fucking job, and that's what's just kind of annoying. <laughs> like, really, like about Sony is that, you know, they don't, as for the most part, for the life cycle of PlayStation Four, they did not, they did not want to do backwards compatibility. Now. With PlayStation 5, we might get a few games, and a few, I mean, probably over 100 titles, something like that, you know, still going to get only a few games that are backwards compatible, and, but, like, Microsoft right out of the, well, I shouldn't say right out of the gate, but it, it took, like, only a few months, maybe a year or so, but they made so many games backwards compatible, and you can just, uh, if you don't have them, you can just buy them, or you can just, uh, Put, put, put in, in your, put disc. In your disc. And, like, 
Oh my god. And but now I, I'm trying to think, was it Microsoft that said this or was it Microsoft and Sony or Sony? One of them said that you if you have the game um digitally or something that you wouldn't have to buy it again when you got the PlayStation five or the new Xbox. Uh that was uh Microsoft. Oh. I think they're talking like about like Cyberpunk. If you owned uh the Xbox version of uh, Cyberpunk 2077, you get the free upgrade or some shit like that. So you wouldn't have the double dip, which is like yeah, uh, yeah. And then I think I think uh, CD Projekt Red they're looking at they're talking with Sony now, but they've said that that is a hundred percent up to Sony whether that will be an option for the PlayStation Five. Yeah, I think to be noted is that I feel like Sony needs the PlayStation Five to go off well because they, I feel like they made some missteps in the last few years especially like, not doing E3 last year and just have like some general questionable business practices and I feel like in order to ensure like their good standing and people sort of and it's like maybe reinstill some faith I think they they really need the PlayStation 5 to go off well well the thing 100%. is that it probably will or it will because the thing the thing is is that they've done this but with the play with the Sony event coming, they literally announced said that like everything's on track. So if everything's on track, that means they've been hiding a ton of stuff. And we already know there are only a few games that they have they've said, I think maybe two, three games that we know will be on the PlayStation Five. And uh and th- and then this from these interviews, specifically even about game development, and also Microsoft, I think, said the same thing too, that all of their games for ne- uh, next-gen are on track. Like, nothing's been delayed or uh, 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 delayed or what or whatever. So, like, I think, I, I mean, they have taken some missteps, but honestly, they'll be fucking fine. <laughs> and it's kind of stupid. Yeah. But good. Sony has been doing fine, like... They've actually been doing amazing. It's only with, like, the coming up of the PS5 is when they've been stumbling. I mean, that's what Pat said. Because uh, we haven't known shit. Well, no, he's talking about how in the past few years I mean, they've been, like, with business practice. Like, but, I mean, that... It hasn't been much. But, I mean, Pat, that's what you, really. that's what you meant. Because they've been talking about the... Or we've been uh, hoping for stuff about the PlayStation 5 for the past few years. Yeah, but... Yeah. Th- okay, that's not the point right now. What I'm saying is PS5, I have no doubt... We're going to see some beautiful games next week. And I have no doubt they're going to be some pretty damn cool games. But what I want to talk about right here is how Microsoft has been severely lacking when it comes to like quality or just good games in general. Because there has been, like in the past few years, or I'd say in all of the Xbox One's lifespan really, there hasn't been that many like, really, really good games. Like, how the PS4 has, like, God of War. You got uh, Last of Us 2 coming out. You got Days Gone. You got all these big games that will sell really fucking well. They'll review really well. But Microsoft will have, like, Sea of Thieves that comes out. And, like, people will play it. They play it for that <laughs> one month or so. And they're like, yeah, yeah. all right, we've done everything. It's supposed to be an online game that everybody plays constantly, continuously. We're it's just gonna drop off, and then we'll have games like Halo Five, which Halo is uh, it's a staple Xbox game, so it, it probably sold well. I didn't keep up with it, but it uh, reviewed not the best as well. I just feel like Microsoft needs to take more care of their first party games, 
and like do some better quality control. They've been doing yeah. better with like Gears Five. That's the only game I can think of that did really well on the Xbox recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, sorry, Jonathan. Uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, that was basically what uh, I was going to say. It seems like Microsoft has sort of been, you know, trying to put out fires since you know the release of the Xbox Bone, the X Bone. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like, I feel like th- they're uh, making good faith efforts. How well they succeed, we won't know until the release of the console, and once, and then once they get more, you know, console exclusive titles. And I think that that's Microsoft's biggest issue is just like what is the what it dif- differentiates Xbox enough to where it makes me want to buy one. Yeah. And right now there really isn't. Yeah. I mean the only thing is backwards compatibility, but I don't want to play old games if I'm going to get a new console. I want to play new and good just new good games. Yeah, and I know we've been talking about backwards compatibility for a while, but like I feel like that should just be a, a, a nice extra feature versus, you know, it's completely secondary. Personally, yeah. I it's be a nice thing to have, but yeah, like if you don't have like really cool, beautiful, uh, well, graphics isn't everything. If you don't have really cool, very fun games coming to your console, what what's what's the point? Yeah, and and, and I and, and I'm I'm getting sort of the impression with S- Sony, you know, kind of stumbling a little bit. That they're they're about to fall into a similar rut that Microsoft did, where you, you know they they're kind of, they're going to be having to put out these fires for the whole console generation. Well, I, like um, but like but like y'all like we said, like they're keeping so much close to the chest. Who knows what's going to happen come July fourth? Yeah, and, and even when June fourth come the release of the console itself. I mean they. You know, we're talking about backwards compatibility. You know, each of these consoles are going to get two or three, you know, re-releases. You know, there's probably going to be a PlayStation 5 Pro. Who's to say that that's not going to have full backwards compatibility, you know? Happy Independence Day. Roll Tide. Yeah. (laughs) I said that because you said July 4th, Jonathan. Oh, did I say July fourth? Yeah. Oh, fuck! I mean, yeah. I mean June fourth. We're getting all these angry letters now because of one tiny mistake. God damn it! Well, one thing I was wondering about is like, what do we think the console actually looked like? Because we've seen the controller and it looks noticeably different from what they've had before. Like, they always had the DualShock controller ever since the beginning of the PlayStation, and now we have a a very distinctly different design. And we saw the Xbox. The new uh, Xbox X is coming out. It's like this tower, this, this this Xbox tower. So, do you think we have a radically different design for the uh, PS5? We we had like what was, I had like we had like a concept of like this dev model that's going around, like this weird like Roomba looking thing. Yeah, it's uh like uh, when it comes <laughs> to like the developer models, they look nothing like the final product. Yeah, but with the PS5 situation. I feel like the final PS5 might look pretty much pretty similar to the dev machine because I can't think of like anything like uh, that would stand out other than that that the PS5 could do. Yeah. Because if they tried to do like a flat, black matte black, just uh, angled console again, I I just don't know. I feel like that V design is very very important, and it's gonna be like the five logo. 
I was about to say it's just a it's a it means you know five. So I was like that that'd be kind of neat. Uh, I think it's gonna be a sphere. <laughs> oh, and it doesn't have a flat bottom. It doesn't have a flat surface on it. It's a sphere, and uh, if it's not on the steady surface, it will. It's roll very off. inconvenient. You have to, you have to buy a, a separate. A uh, little stand to put your your sphere in, but you have to for, buy, uh, yeah, you have to buy 159. that. 159.99. <laughs> well, this leads me to my next point. Let's 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 go ahead and lock it down. I want to go around the panel and, and say what you think the PlayStation Five will cost at launch. Ooh. Each one, give your opinion. Ah, fuck. Tanner already put in his, his at six hundred dollars, which is a fuck ton. We haven't had a console that experience that expensive since the fucking PS3. Uh, I thought I thought there was like a, a console back in the '80s or '90s called like the Jaguar or something that was stupid the, expensive. The Atari Jaguar. So I was gonna say, starting with um, let's say I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I I think that the PlayStation Five will be five hundred and seventy-five dollars. Uh, it's only twenty-five dollars less, Pat. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say uh, uh, five forty-nine ninety-nine. Yeah, that's fair. What are, what are we these these numbers? <laughs> I know. What? Why are they like not even numbers? Well, I mean, oh, I mean, you know. Well, well like I mean, you know how most uh, just with, you know, sort of how like sales tax works. Yeah, yeah. Y- you know yeah. when when like the PS3 released, it wasn't you know six hundred dollars even. It was you know five ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, that, that's yeah, why I'm yeah. saying. Basically, what I'm saying is around like uh, five hundred and fifty bucks. And plus, we're trying to give, give give everybody a different number here. We don't want anybody picking the same number. So yeah, well, you want to give yourself an edge and the uh, and the bet pool here. What, uh, what do we win if we win? Uh, to be continued. Uh, <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, I, something off your Amazon wish list. Oh, the mega flashlight. I want that one. Okay. <laughs> the fifty-five a gallon drum of lube. That's a thousand dollars, Jonathan. You're asking too much. Uh-huh. Hey, I've won this bet fair and square. All right, but I think the PS5 is going to cost. I want to say five hundred dollars, which is like Jonathan was saying, four ninety nine ninety nine. Because I feel like anything over is uh, a little crazy in uh, nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to say five twenty. What the fuck? <laughs> That's yeah. the weirdest one. I mean, I, I, like you, I'm, I think it's gonna be uh, four ninety nine, but you know, with tax, five twenty. All right, you know what? Okay. So I feel like we we, we kind of made our bet. So we'll we'll touch back in next week to figure out who won the uh, the betting pool. So so it seems like we're all like floating around five to six hundred bucks. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, I I would be really surprised. I'd be, I would actually like to see it in charge. Of, charge something over $600 for your console. Oh, please, God, no. I don't. I don't want that at all. $9.99.99. It'd be, I mean, look, if, if, Apple, if Apple can charge you $1,000 for a stick, let's see what Sony can do. Oh, God. <laughs> just please, like, no. The PS5, it will now suck your cock. You know what? That's not a bad price. <laughs> I don't want... I don't know if I want that. I don't know, You want man. it, Wenzel. You know it. No! I don't want my it. console you to do that. You fucking know it. Shut the fuck up. You know it. Well, how, how about this? Won't you service the PlayStation? Maybe he wants it sticks up. Uh, wait. Okay. Wait. Yeah, you pull off the little battery compartment, and instead of uh, double A's, it's, uh, it's a double die stick. Yeah, and also out. the PlayStation 5 or, takes or batteries Or why, why are we assuming the PlayStation's gender? It could easily be... You know, no, you, a female. You, you, pick, you pick the model. 
Oh, okay. They, they, they have, you know, they have... It's like Cyberpunk. You you choose the uh, the give, genitalia give, of your PlayStation. Give me the. You know the what? NBA that price tag is pretty good. I just want to play games, man. <laughs> Alrighty. We kicked off the month with the PlayStation Five reveal, and there's like a ton of more events coming after that. Because uh, we have like IGN's gaming festival, which is the whole month. They'll have like trailers, game reveals, gameplay trailers. Uh, developer uh, interviews, so that'll be going on all all month. We have limited run games. Their event is Monday, June eighth. We have the future game show, which is June sixth, and those are sort of in the air in terms of what their content is. A lot of people are sort of playing it to their chest. Yeah, and Just, we we want to emphasize that all these times that we're given are central central standard central standard time. time. We're we're basing it to our time zone, so you have to do a little conversion for your area, and probably the biggest. Uh, sort of umbrella event for June and the rest of the summer. It's the Summer Games event that Jeff Keighley kicked off. We're sort of going through one of the first events on that is the, the Gorilla Collective, which is a three-day long event from June 6th to June 8th. The first day is uh, Saturday, June 6th, starting at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Gorilla Collective Live. And once again, they'll have a – and this is basically like a big – showcase of like indie developers indie games with like gameplay and trailers i'm not really sure if there's any one developer or game that we expect to see from the gorilla collective alive but we'll we will cover that once they've had their sort of trickle down release over those three days we'll mm-hmm. bring that to you as they had the pc gaming show on june 6th and then the steam game festival which is tuesday june 9th to sunday june 4th and that's sort of just a showcase of all the games that are coming to steam and the next year, they'll have like demos and playable concerts for that. But probably one of the biggest one, probably the most exciting for our group, is the Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire Live event. And that's Thursday, June 11th, time TBD. And once again, this is a very secretive event. We don't really know what to expect. And I think with it, it's just sort of, you might get some game, more gameplay trailers, more... Yeah. More of a, like a deeper dive into it. Some people are expecting, like, speculating that we sort of like this neon noir type thing where they have your character, like, drive through the, the this huge city that is in Cyberpunk 277 mm-hmm. that you can you can go into any door. Like, there's, there's, like, all these different things happen. It's just, like, dense with content. Some people are speculating we get, like, a more character-specific trailer with um, Johnny, uh, excuse me, Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Silverhand, like, learning more about that, so... I would love to have a, like a map overview. I'd love to see like what we're actually working with. I know it's a, more like, uh, what's it called? Up and down map where like these uh, buildings. Uh, it's you... more vertical. Um, yeah, it's more vertical map. I want to see what we're working with. Yeah, and I wonder how how close they're sticking to the uh, tabletop game because I mean they're working with the guy who created the tabletop game to create. Uh, 2077. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I just. I want to see what happens. I, I, I'm. I'm. This is probably the thing I'm most excited for this year. Yeah, especially after you just uh, finished playing Witcher Three, and you know how fucking. Good I, I, I get the hype now, and plus I, I'm a I'm a slut for cyberpunk settings. Yeah. 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 Continuing on with the list, we have the the E3 play event. And that's. Thursday, June 11th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's just a show. That's just your showcase for all their upcoming games. Spent a lot of you know, sports and Madden and Deepest yeah. and all of those. So you know what to expect from uh, EA. We have 
Enter your uh, EA sucks joke here. Uh, football, football. Yeah, the Summer Game Festival uh, with the developer showcase, and that's Monday, June 22nd at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And this is a more a bigger event, so it's just showcasing like these like big name developers from like AAA and indie companies. We have like Tim Schafer from Double Fine; he'll be a, a bigger part of that. Like a lot of gameplay, a lot of news, and like even musical performances. Because this is sort of going in hand with the same people who did the video game awards. So that'd be it'll be a oh, okay. much bigger sort of production. And so, so the people we can expect to see there is Annapurna Interactive, The Behemoth, Panic, that game company. Us two games and among several others that have yet to be announced. So I think that will be interesting just to see. I guess the spectacle of it because if we're expecting like video game awards type production and just like a a streaming event, I think that will be definitely one to watch at the end of the month. And lastly, the 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 last big event that we have for the moment for June is the New Game Plus Expo, and that's Tuesday, June twenty third at eleven a.m. Central Standard Time. And this is a another de- like a specific de- developer. They have people from Art System Works, NT Creates, Natsume, NIS America, Sega, Atlas, SNK, Spike Chainsaw, Grasshopper Manufacturer, and WayForward. So definitely, there's some, there's definitely some bigger indie developers in there, and plus like some big developers too, like Sega and Atlas are going to be there. So yeah, this is the anime event. This is where you're going to see your like uh, anime fighters. You're going to see. Maybe with Atlas there, they'll be like, here is the color for the next Persona game. Because they just released Royal, and I feel like they're getting ready to release the next cow that they can milk. Well, well honestly, I think, I think are we going to get some actual news on SMT5? Oh, fuck, I forgot. Because, yeah. I mean, that, they, that game's been announced, but we haven't heard anything for a while. Yeah, that was announced, like, uh, I think at the event where the Switch was announced, so it's... Yeah. It's been years, man. I, I would love to have some news on that. Uh, now, now, as far as, like, the whole Persona thing, I think they're probably still going to try to milk Persona 5. I think there's they probably see some potential in that. And, I mean, Royal hasn't been out that long, so... I mean, it's been out for, like, uh, since September in Japan, so they could have... Like I said, it's not much like no, how yeah. they did with uh, Persona 5's reveal... They just showed off uh, some chairs with balls, uh, chains, ball and chains on them. That's all they had. They uh, we could still have something like that, maybe. Oh, like like sort of a preview. Okay, I I could probably see that. Do you think we'll be able to see like a like a remake or redo of Personas One and Two to bring it up to, to what the, we know as Persona now? Or is there, are those are those two different from what we know the franchise? To well, be? I mean they, they've they they've already done re-releases for Personas One and Two. I would yeah. like to see them bring, you know, the Persona 2 duology in a complete package. Because yeah. right now you can't really, you have to like play either have like a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation, uh, and a PSP. And those are two very defunct consoles. So, I mean, maybe. But uh, honestly, like, I would probably, with Atlas, I would probably more focus on a SMT5. Fuck, just give me any of that, and I'll be really happy, because I love both of those things. Well, something I was thinking of, it may not be related to this specific conference, I know a lot of people talking about how there's been recently a, a, a lot of new art release for The World Ends With You, so that, that there may be a remake of that, or like a sequel to that maybe coming out. I mean, I know that's Square Enix, but like, mm-hmm. 
just thinking that reminded me that that might be something we see at some point, either that th- either true. this month or sometime later in the summer. Yeah, I, I think they've re- you, you know they sort of released a version of it on the Switch. I could be wrong. Yeah, they just re-released uh, like a remastered version where uh, it's a little updated. So, I, I, that, that's a game I've always wanted to play, and you know, and I'd like to see a sequel to it. Yeah, hopefully we can get to see something because I, like Jonathan said, I am interested in it. I'd like to see some. So, so that's just a brief overview of, of the uh, the gaming conferences that we expect to see that have been officially announced so far. There, there's still a plenty of stuff that's coming in June. There's even more stuff that we expect to hear later on in July. Like Ubisoft has a conference next month, so we'll, we'll sort of be talking more on that as more information comes because it's not as much uh, announced for June or excuse me for July or August at the moment. And moving on to the next point is like the games that we know are coming out in June that I think we're worth discussing. Probably the biggest one being The Last of Us 2 comes out Friday, June 19th. Oh, yeah. I am super excited for this game. I only know one big spoiler, but personally, it's not that big of a spoiler for me because it's something that I was expecting to happen in the first game. And now that's happening in the second game, it's just natural progression of time. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. It, it I have seen maybe 10 minutes of gameplay, no story-related stuff, and uh, I've only just, it's only just made me more and more ready for this. And uh, to, to your point, Colt, because uh, you said gameplay, because there was a, an eight-minute trailer of gameplay footage that was released with the Last of Us 2 State of Play back on May, May 27th. That was the first time I really sat down to, to pay attention to something with The Last of Us, probably since the last big trailer we got was maybe last E3. And I was really impressed just with just the actual gameplay, because you have, it, it, in case you haven't seen it, is the, uh, excuse, what's her name, Ellie? Yes. Ellie, yeah. uh, now, now a grown woman, she's uh, infiltrating what looks to be a derelict hospital that a, a let's say, a sinister or antagonistic group has now hold up shopping and she infiltrates it and sort of like her sneaking around and like fighting the members of this organization and it's it was just really cool to see how her how you sort of see switch so cleanly between all your different items and weapons because she has a backpack that holds your melee weapons hold your gun hold your sort of other items because i feel like there's there's craftable uh options in there when you turn to like making molotov cocktails and things like that and it, it, to me, the interface just looks super good. It's sort of, it's not intrusive, and the world is just sort of like this like misty, rainy area of the world. You're just sort of sneaking through, and the the combat seems like exhilarating because there's a there's a point where she's jumping between her weapons from her gun, her bow and arrow, and then she whips out like this board with knives stuck in it and just like fuck somebody up and I was like whoa this game is really going to be probably even more intense than the first Last of Us was the little that I know of it it's a it's a very fun time yeah uh, it's a little dated for the like uh, it's a got some very early 2000s late 2000s not 2000s 2010s uh, like level design with like move this to go up this uh, it's copy and paste stuff like that but the story it's yeah, that, that's game why game. you play The Last of Us. Yeah. I, 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 I've never played the game, but I've watched, like, you know, the cutscenes together. So yeah. I, I definitely, before I play this, would want, you know, want to go back through the original. 
it's a fairly short game. You could probably mm-hmm. do it in like uh, nine to ten hours. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the story is fucking fantastic. If fucking gut wrenching. It may not be sort of to the same level of anticipation or hype as The Last of Us Two, but I, I don't know about that. I'm pretty hyped for. But this it's next one that's <laughs> very interested to at least me and maybe a few others is the uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Fuck yeah. yes. Yeah, baby. Actually, Scrap Last of Us Two just released this, and I'm set for yep. You know, what? What's that? Ten years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Because it's not only just an, an update of the classic SpongeBob game, but also you get levels and bosses that were excluded in the original game. So it's just, it's like exciting to think and because I remember playing this game when I was a kid and with my sister, and this is something we that we played together, and that was a lot of like just a fun memory. But just like. We all love SpongeBob here. SpongeBob is a, it's a great cartoon, and just this being like one of the biggest SpongeBob games that come out. That was actually a really good game. Yeah, especially for the era where like all licensed games were mostly garbage. I mean, this one was kind of just like a copy paste uh, uh, action platformer, you know. But at the same time, I mean, it was still really fucking. Solid. It was a very solid game, and like like you said, there's a lot of variable quality when it comes to licensed games. Yeah, but I think this I think this one's. No, it's it's to the test of time. It is. It can be a lot of fun to to play that. And plus, I'm feeling really strongly that I'm going to get it when it comes out uh, that Tuesday on the June 23rd. (laughs) If uh, it's only like thirty bucks, I think it's fairly cheap. Really? Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah. thirty forty. Fuck! I'm probably going to get it then. So yeah, keep keep an eye on that. We might we might be playing that on your on the on the Twitch channel here real soon. Just keep an eye out. And uh, one personally that has that I've seen a little bit about is a Nintendo Switch game called Ninjala. It's like this very cartoon. It, it gives a, has a lot of Splatoon vibes, just like really vibrant colors and sort of like character design. And it's like it's sort of like a, like a platformer action shooter. And it's, it just like oozes like personality and character design. I think that's been one I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on when it comes out later in the month. It reminds me a lot of uh, Splatoon. Oh, definitely. I... I it looks very interesting. I don't really know much about it, but I definitely want to check it out as well. And so th- those are the, the the games of interest that we have for the month of June. And I think we should probably discuss like the games that are coming out in the rest of the summer and beyond because there's still a lot of big games we expect. Probably one of the biggest of the summer is Ghost of Tsushima on July 17th. Yeah, I got that collector's edition. Got it pre-ordered down lot. I'm ready for it. I want to be the ghost. Yeah, I'm going to pre-order it next uh, month. It, yeah, it looks really fucking good. Yeah, just expect me popping up inside your house with a sword made out of rebar, okay? Okay. Where are you going to yeah, get it's rebar? It's going to be a blast. I'm going to rip it out of the road. Ah, never mind. Because I will say, like, Ghost of Shima is one of the most, like, visually stunning games that, they, that of this, like, emerging era of console games. But I feel like one of the big selling points is sort of its massive scale, but it's also, to me, like one of its big sort of, I guess, negatives for me because it seems too big. Like, I feel like I would play it, I would never finish it because I'd just get lost in it. Because I'm, I'm very much kind of have a weird relationship with these massive sandbox games. And I know like that is a lot of people's, like, bread and butter now like with what we saw with red dead 2 this is huge open world with a lot of content but like for someone like me who's always like more smaller straightforward games 
I feel like that might it might be intimidating. Boomer. People like me. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have to kind of agree with uh, Pat. Well, Look at that. The, two boomers. Tsushima, I don't think it is what you think it is. I. It's going to be a big game, yes, but I feel like it's going to be more so like uh, God of War, where it is an open world to a point, but for the most part, you're on a rail. It's and, linear. Uh, you're going to be... Yeah, it's linear, and you're just going to okay. be going to the main objective the whole game. <laughs> there will be side like a... quests, but those are completely optional, like it is in every open world game, but it's yeah. mostly going to be on a rail, I think. Yeah, because that, that's my biggest problem with like a lot of Bethesda RPGs is just th- there's a lot of content but with no direction, and I, I have like ADD, so I'm like, bruh, tell me what to do. Well, uh, I mean, if you play Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas, Skyrim, you you have the mainline quest. Yeah, I my only advice is just pick the main mission and don't do any side quests because I've been like whenever I picked up uh, Xenoblade, I. Uh, Side quests are a plenty, and I just told myself, just don't pick them up. Just do the main story. Most, yeah. most of the time. Well, well I mean, the, like the, like I mean, I haven't really played Fallout, but like with Skyrim, I found the main story kind of boring. But awesome. But just... with Skyrim, the main, the side stories, and not just Skyrim, but Bethesda games in general. Yeah, the side yeah, I mean, stories I'm, where it's at. That's the fun. Yeah, that, that, that's that's the point. It's more of just like wander, wandering this world, and that's sort of, I don't know. That's not what I'm looking for in games, but. Uh, that's a side tangent. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, but a game that's coming out the same day that I'm very much interested in is uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Ooh, yeah. Because I, I, even though I know the Paper Mario series has had its ups and downs of the last few years, I do sort of like sort of the visual direction they're going with this one. And Paper Mario and Paper Mario 2 are one of, like, I think my favorite RPGs. And I'm, I'm willing to give chance to see what they do with Origami King. It looks beautiful. Yes. Like, uh, I know, like, the 3DS ones were not the best, but this looks really, really good. It's very, it's heavily stylized uh, because it's all paper, and I'm really interested in, like, this whole origami enemy setting because you're going to have the normal paper Mario designs fighting the origami designs. It seems to just, like, it's a kind of jarring shift in tone. When like the origami possessed Peach comes out, would you would you transport? Would you cast off your old body and be reborn like me? That was such a a shocking sort of exchange that happened in a Mario game, and then all of a sudden everything turns into origami. It, I, I'm very interested because like the story's always been the story in the right has always been like the the most memorable part of the Paper Mario series, mm-hmm. and you see the return of like partners, and like I think this has a lot of potential. I, I, I don't really know what to make of the uh, the combat system that we've seen the little snips of like it's this circular like concentric circle sort of battle grid, and I'm very yeah. interested in how that works. It looks intimidating. I will not lie. I prefer the like straightforward turn based like pick your move and pick what enemy you want to attack. I don't not a, I don't care for the spinning platforms. Like we always say, it's like it's always depends on execution and. That's not always apparent from just a trailer. So I was going to ask panel, what are some of the other games that are coming out in the summer that so you have your eye on? Uh, July twenty eighth, Destroy All Humans remake. Yes, I'm very excited. For that. Right. that that was one of my favorite games back on the PlayStation two. Yeah, and it's also one of those games that are going to be like thirty bucks at launch. Yeah, I'm really I'm really appreciating all these remakes being pretty cheap. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Another remake I'm interested in is the uh, re- is the HD remake uh, Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, Final Fantasy coming out August 27th. And I remember playing that uh, back in the day, but it was solo because due to the control gimmick, you only one person can use a GameCube controller, and you had to use a Game Boy Advance with the GameCube Game Boy Advance connector cable, which guess what? No one had. <laughs> So, like, you had this really fun, like, RPG that was sort of overlooked because no one had this very specific, very niche control option. And it's like, yes, this is a a neat thing you're doing in terms of, like, how you interact with your game, but I feel like that should have been an option back in the day. They definitely corrected that with this remake. Yeah, definitely. And that was just sort of the era where... You know, especially Nintendo had all these peripherals where it's like, you got to do the thing to play the thing. And it's like, no, I don't want to do the thing. I just want to play the thing. So can you make the thing easier to find? Yeah, that too. There's a game that I'm really excited for this summer. Well, it's like the end of the summer, pretty much, which is uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. Mm -hmm. I am super excited for this. I am a little disappointed that Mafia 2 didn't get the same treatment. It just got an upscale in uh like uh fuck oh my god resolution but uh this game looks beautiful the it's completely remade pretty much uh new visuals new everything it's gonna be it looks like it's gonna be a blast because uh, this is just the first one yeah it's just the first one uh the third game was okay it was a middle of the line uh open world like uh mafia game but the, it it was set all like aside from like other games because it was set in like Louisiana and the only other game I can think of that was like that was uh, Infamous 2. Yeah. So it was very nice. Uh isn't the Mafia series where they have like the disclaimer it was like oh we're uh this is set in a different time we're going to use strong language and then they use that to use the N word as much as they want. Well, I mean they're kind of going for the, like the like uh Actually, I don't think so. I don't really know. I that could, was the I case be, in Mafia 2. I could be thinking of another series. I do remember that disclaimer being at the beginning of Mafia 2 uh, when I started playing it. I mean, it was the 1940s. People said this shit casually. Uh, yeah. Oh, Pulp so, Fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they were saying it in, uh, like, fucking Scorsese movies and, like, set in the 80s. Um... Well, I mean, people still said it in the 80s. Yeah, Spo- I, I know. Because spoiler alert, people are racist, still racist yeah. as fuck. Uh, yeah, I'd say we're supposed to too. get a hundred percent. We're supposed to get the um, the Pokemon DLC in next month in June. Armor, uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Isle the of expansion Armor. for Sword and Shield. Yeah. <clears throat> What's all coming on the, the expansion, or do we know yet? Uh, uh, a new area. New area. Yeah, there's two new areas. Okay. Well, well yeah, I forget. I think the uh, the second one is uh is. It's for later in the year. I think it might be quarter four. Yeah, I think okay. it's like August. I thought it. I thought it was. No, probably October. Are, are they going to add more Pokemon to the Pokedex? Yeah. Yeah. There's. A, there's I think there's adding more. There's going to be like, like a new uh, version legendary. There's going to be and there's also did they talk about the uh, the, the Galarian uh, legendary birds and okay. uh, I can't I can't I, I couldn't remember is the is the Ice Crown is that the one that's coming out in June with the with the psychic deer Pokemon. 
Or is it, no, or... that's going to be the the second. Yeah, DLC. that's going to be the second one. This one's called Isle of Armor. This one has the fighting um, wolves, and um, we know also uh, the Galarian uh, fighting bears. Fighting bears. Not my bad. Wolves. Uh, um, what is it? The Galarian slow bro, whatever he has. Um, he's gonna have two different Galarian forms as well. One for Isle of Armor and one for the other DLC. So that's gonna be cool. Okay. Cause I, cause I remember that trailer now. They, they, they seem like very expansive areas for Sword and Shield. So I'm definitely interested to checking those out. I think I was more sort of in tune for the for the Ice uh, DLC, but I'm definitely obviously interested in playing the the Kung Fu Island there. Yeah, I'm just hoping it's not like the. It's just like big uh, wild areas, like how the wild areas in the game is just open with grass. From the early gameplay, we saw it just look like wild areas and not a set location. I'm hoping it's, it's kind of like a set location yeah. at least. We didn't see a lot, so. Yeah, we could, they could be amazing. I'm hoping it's amazing. And just sort of moving on to what we have going on in the later part of the year. Um, we have Marvel's Avengers that's that's dropping in September. I I, I was very much kind of um, cautious about this one because I think I was more interested in Marvel Ultimate Alliance than I was with this one. Even though I know this is a more RPG and it have like you know the basic Avengers in it, but I think for me what was turning me off is that I guess like, the character design seems a bit drab and it, it doesn't seem that it's like like bright or punchy as maybe Marvel Ultimate Alliance. But I know. Y'all, y'all seem pretty interested about it. So, did you want to have a piece about that? Uh, uh, I think it looks okay. I, I'm not necessarily interested in it anymore because the more footage and time that comes out, it just looks like it. It will be kind of boring. Uh, yeah, I kind of lost interest in it as well. Uh, I mean, it could come out and it could be really good. I mean, we never had, uh, <laughs> we've never had a superhero game like this before. So, you know. Um, yeah, especially how they're, uh, they said that, uh, they're going to release more and more heroes as time goes on, and I'm worried it's going to be, like, super expensive, maybe. I don't know if they're free or paid, but I don't really like that experience, because yeah. I'm just not a big fan of the, uh, what is it, Game as a Service, is that what it's called? Yeah, Games as Service, yeah, that, that, that model is really fucking predatory and stupid. Yeah. Not a, not a fan of it. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Like I, I'm not I'm not like super against the designs, uh, the like the character designs, but I don't know everything they sort of reveal about it. I'm just become less and less interested in it. I'm still willing to, to willing to hear about how it, how it sort of comes out, but I guess I had I had my Marvel game with Ultimate Alliance, so that's kind of where I was. Leaning towards, I guess we'll see. Well, I'm very interested to see what happens regardless. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely just going to wait until see what the reaction is to it before. Yeah. And at least the same day, September 4th, we have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the uh, the remasters of the original Tony Hawk games. And I remember that was, got caught a lot of buzz when that was announced uh, back in May. Yeah, I'm getting this. Uh, 100%. I love the Tony Hawk games. I've only really played uh, Underground on the GameCube. But boy, I loved it. And uh, as soon as I saw that the collector's edition was available, I uh, jumped on it. And uh, I'm going to have a skateboard. The collector's edition is a skateboard and the game. Can you control the game with the skateboard? No, it's a real skateboard. It's 
real. <laughs> Made out of wood. <laughs> he sounded so disappointed, like, oh, it's just a real skateboard. Oh, no, 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 I'm real happy oh, with I'm it. Talking about I mean, I'm not going to... Oh, okay. I want skateboard motion controls. Well, they, no, they no you don't, they, Pat. They tried to do that, and it failed. So it was so it. bad, Pat. But I want to bust my ass in the comfort of my own home, not on concrete. No, that's fair. You can do that, Pat. All you got to do is fall over. Okay, I'll fall over right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, just, oh, God. Yeah, he just fell. But I'm really excited for it. Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1 and 2. Looks pretty good. I'm really excited. As long as it's not like Pro Skater 5, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, probably one of the biggest games of the of the fourth quarter is Cyberpunk 2077. And that's September 17th. Yes. Super high. Really excited. Like, I can't fit all my emotions here. It's going to be a blast. Cyberpunk, I love you. Hell Colt yeah. will transform into Daft Punk for this game. Honestly, I might. I might just model my character after Daft Punk. But with like a massive dong. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're all going to give our characters massive dongs, right? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's where I go to fantasy, man. <laughs> Can't get this in real life. Just get big, uh, tig old bitties and big old dong. Like you just have like the dick slurry going all the way up, and then you have like the ball meter. You just have the balls drag all the way down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little hang like with a, the ankles. <laughs> where you look like uh, Satan in Dante's Inferno. Oh fuck! <laughs> that's good. He's just oh, a fuck, yeah. it, it, that, that's a just it's a fucking monster just flapping. That's a, with like with a giant piss hole too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's where he shoots the fire, Pat. Oh no! And, and probably one game that I'm very interested in and that I never really had a much interest in before is uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is the the Viking flavored Assassin's Creed game. And I was like. I never cared one way or the other about Assassin's Creed, but suddenly I'm very interested. SMH. I, I, I've I only played um, the third one, and I, I kind of dropped off of it. it. Its controls are just too... It doesn't control well. I don't like its controls, but it... Oh, man, I, I 100% agree. The uh, controls were absolute ass, but they 100% fixed them uh, with Origins and Odyssey. I don't know why they allowed the controls to suck so badly for 10 years. years. They said, oh, we can finally make the controls good. Oops, we should have done that day one. Oopsie daisy. Yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard good and, things and like, about them. Yeah. And, and like the first few games, that's kind of, you know, a little more forgiving because, you know, they're new. They're trying to figure stuff out. But yeah. Uh, it was a hallmark of the game, but it wouldn't have been the same experience if it had, you know, composite <laughs> controls, even though you're playing at times that takes... Tight focus and precision. It's geez, like because because I played up to the second one, you know, real far into the series, and yeah, I, I like I, I like the story for the. That's uh, one thing about it. I'm interested in the exactly. story. But 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 the the thing about those games, I am a hundred percent more interested in the past storyline than the present. The pre Desmond fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. it. He fucking sucks. That's this, that. I, I don't care. I I just want to go around Florence Jonathan, and kick the, ass. Well, good news, you don't have to deal with Desmond anymore. They, I think they just took him out back in like the fourth. I was about to say, like how, like I, you know, a person can have a ton of ancestors, sure, but like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, like it's so much more interesting if you have like several different characters, you know for each story 
connecting, you know, with their ancestors. But no, it's literally the one guy for so like so much of the story. The story's interesting, but it's Desmond the entire time, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and, and and every time, and, and like it would cut back during like really interesting moments, and I would just be like, oh my god, go back to Ezio, you fucks! I hate this little fucking dweeb. Like man, and like ah. God, and it was just like, yeah, I've al- I've always wanted to get into the story because I remember the first one you uh, you play as uh, Altair, and uh, that takes place in um, ancient. Uh, it's, it takes place during the Crusades in the Middle East. Yeah, it's in the Middle East, which is like you know, pretty pretty cool. Um, that like capturing that time period and also having a character who's like uh, I, I don't I don't know his um, his ethnicity, but you know I, I always. I always thought that was kind of cool, and I've always wanted to get into it. But again, the control is just so bad. Yeah, and I remember the first one being buggy as all fuck. Cause oh yeah, because I remember was. I think I was playing like me and Cody were playing it, and we were it, it like the game just fucking like hard crashed, and we were like, well, fuck this, we're not playing this again. Yeah, but hey, Valhalla is gonna be way better because mm-hmm. new controls, uh, set in fucking uh, England. And your your Vikings fighting knights. What? It's gonna be cool. It's got. Oh, Altair Syrian. There we go. Okay. But but yeah. yeah, he he was a cool kid. Yeah, but Valhalla looks freaking awesome, and I'm excited. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Thor and Odin and all of them might be real because wasn't there one Assassin's Creed where they kind of not maybe subtly, not so subtly implied that the Egyptian gods were real or oh, something. Da, 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 da. I don't I, know. I, I will say I because don't. I've been so interested in the story. I know, like years and years ago, when I was playing Assassin's Creed Three, I looked up a ton of stuff. So I can't. I'm not gonna say it, but this is gonna be fucking interesting. Because <laughs> uh, we, because we might have got it. It's like Odin confirmed big red circle arrow for uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But like, I've, in any case, I'm very interested. This might end up being my first uh, Assassin's Creed game because that. Because like Norse mythology is such an interesting story, and that's that's why and, and extra reason I, I loved uh, God of War because that that direction it took with its game. So I'm very I'm I'll have a lot of attention set aside for this one. So we sort of run the, uh, the list of topics today. We sort of talked about all the different games that we expect to see and events. So uh, over over the course of this month, we'll be sort of just breaking down all the news and revelations from all these big events and any surprises and anything else that comes up between, we'll, we'll be sure to let you know and give you our experiences and, and sort of just, we'll, we'll all share in this, in this new version of E3 and gaming convention together. So before we close out today, is there anything else y'all like to forth or what do you expect to see from this summer of games? I do. Okay. Do it. Uh, I was going to say, uh, a while ago, me and Colt, ta- uh, I sent him a list of games that were uh, in development hell, and one of them that was announced in 2017 has not, nothing's been said about it, is Witchfire. If any of you get the chance, and then, you know I'll just send in the chat. The trailer for it was fucking badass. And I was like, I was really hoping that this year, since it's 2020, and we're getting these new consoles and stuff that, like, all the stuff that's maybe been in development hell or developers have announced but kept very secret, you know, maybe they'd show a little more. No, we haven't seen anything about this. And we've had seen a little bit of this one game, 
and I, but I mean very little. Uh, Atomic Heart, made by the uh, the comp or the studio Mudfish, we've seen very little, and they've been very like cryptic and secret about it. Like even even their company is obscure, and like like me and Cole have both been very excited for it. And I'm curious, like this is just a theory. It'd be it'd be really interesting if I wonder if they kept it super super secret is because they have like a um kind of like with Scorn, they have like a um a deal or something with like a big a big company like sony or microsoft because like if if they if they had that they became like a maybe like a first party or like maybe like it's gonna come to this console first but later like that'd be really interesting uh hell if it was just if any if it was exclusive to anyone i feel like that game would definitely be exclusive to Sony. i, I think it just I, Scream Sony. Yeah, personally. I think if it was exclusive to Sony, that'd be a huge that'd be a huge fucking thing for me personally. Um, uh, and then um, another game that was announced, but that was last year. Was um, was that was it last year? I think it's called Twelve Minutes. It's an indie game. I don't know if anybody remembers it. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that one. Yes, I, I, was, I I'm really hoping uh, because it's supposed to come out this year, but I'm really hoping we got we can, might get more details about that. Um, another game. Oh, shit. I'm trying to remember. Oh, one game that I was I just remembered about. What I would like to hear more about is Scorn, the the HR Geiger yes. inspired game. Yes, I because I think I've had this asked this question before. But Pat and Jonathan, have you guys seen the gameplay for that? I have seen that. Yes, the old. Uh, I have no- the old Wait, gameplay. I might have the old gameplay. Uh, the game I've only seen like the I guess the cinematic trailer. I haven't seen the gameplay. Okay, there's very okay. I, I will send that in the chat too. I gotta send Witchfire and Scorn old gameplay, but the old gameplay for Scorn is interesting to say the it, least. Um, it's very very. Slow. It is the slowest motherfucking shit I've ever seen in a game, and it is so aggravating because what probably should be such a shorter show off is takes so long. But I will send it to you, and that's also something I, I completely forgot. Thank you, Pat. Um, is uh, scorn I, like after here because I thought because I knew I, I me and Cole were talking about this literally a few months ago about how scorn, uh, it was announced. They put out a trailer gameplay, and then it was just silent, and people thought it kind of dropped off. But then we heard uh, not too long ago that the company working on it, they had to do a complete overhaul of the game, um, in its development. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting, because, like, you know, I was kind of weirded out by it, uh, and I was kind of infuriated with the slow gameplay, but, like, I was like, that's, it's an interesting, it's a very stylized, interesting-looking game. And then when Microsoft fucking just showed it off, I was like, holy shit, like, that, this is awesome, because it was an indie game, but now it's, like, you know, getting a ton of backing from Microsoft, like, that's, then, like, it could be, like, I'm very excited for it. Uh, but was there anything else you had to say, Pat? Uh, I, th- I think that was sort of it, and sort of uh, the the last bit of games that I was sort of looking forward to or expecting. To I think I think that's it for me. Anybody else have any last points before we close out uh, for the day? I do. I gotta say, I'm so glad Sony announced Bloodborne two Thursday. 
uh, like a few days from now. I'm so glad I can see in the future. <laughs> it's so cool. I'm so glad Bloodborne 2 was announced. You know, I was freaking out because I thought you just saw like a news thing. I was like, wait, what? Oh, no, no, no. no. I, I did too, and I was, uh, I was about to I was about scream. to say, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you just threw that on here? But no. I, I hope that's something I also hope for is that since they've held such stuff close to them that they like, you know, we'll maybe we'll get it. We'll see a new Infamous, new Bloodborne. Um, I was also really hoping maybe we got more stuff about the Wolf Among Us season two this uh, this summer. Please. Oh, so they they are going through with that? Yeah, yeah they were. Right. It was a. Oh, go. I think it was last year at E3 that they showed. Was it at E3 or was it at the Game Awards? I think it was Game Awards actually. Yeah, where. Because I remember us losing our shit when we saw uh, Miss Snow White. Again. Yeah, we were all screaming, <laughs> literally. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got anything? I don't. I think that's it. Oh. So uh, thank you all for listening today for our E3 Memoriam, uh, Summer of Games Anticipation episode. I think we have a lot to look forward to this month. and There's going to be a lot of content from us this month. So please look forward to that. So once again, thank you all for listening. You can follow us. On social media, on Twitter and Instagram at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear. And you can follow, find all our VODs on YouTube, and that's also at All You Can Hear. You can follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, any RSS feed catchers. We're there. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe on all those platforms. That really helps us out. Spreads the banter around gives us more notice and it really helps out the show. Appreciate that. You can follow me, Patrick, online on Twitter and Instagram at John Lusson's name for my art on Facebook at John Lusson's name art. Um, uh, my name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J O N I I B O I 24 and John Odinson 12 on the letterbox. My name Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero. Just do me a favor. Uh, just do a backflip. Just do it. Uh, I'm Wenzel. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Wenzel Wilkie. Follow my art, uh, art Instagram, uh, art on Instagram at World of Wednesday. Thank you. All right. Thank you all so much. We'll be talking to you soon. Take care of yourselves. Bye bye.